BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is Giles Milton, host of the Unknown History podcast, and you're listening to a special mini-series from historian Tom Clavin on Valley Forge. Hi, I'm Tom Clavin, and this is part three of the heroes of Valley Forge. Who was Baron von Steuben? Aside from George Washington himself, in my new book, Valley Forge, written with Bob Drury, perhaps the most remarkable character is the Baron Friedrich Wilhelm Ludolf Gerhard Augustin von Steuben. In American history, he has gone down as a great Prussian general who arrived in America to train its armies. The fact is, he was a con man and a spy for the French government. But yes, he played a tremendous role in America winning its independence. Von Steuben was indeed an officer in the Prussian army. With the possible exception of Great Britain, Prussia in the 1760s and 70s had the finest military in the world. It was said that Prussia was an army with a country as opposed to a country with an army. At the head of it was Frederick the Great. As his name implies, he was an excellent and successful general. He personally trained his troops who exhibited the best discipline. Von Steuben saw combat as part of this army, but he never rose past the rank of captain, and for several reasons, including scandal, von Steuben was broke and unemployed by the time the fake baron arrived in America. In June 1777, von Steuben was a 47-year-old drifter looking for a job. In Paris, Ben Franklin, trying to negotiate a military alliance with France, saw an experienced officer. The portly Falstaffian von Steuben might impress the ragtag Continentals, so Franklin created a new portrait of the former captain, who suddenly was lieutenant general and right-hand man to Frederick the Great. The French government offered him a second job as a spy to report back on what was really happening in the revolution across the ocean. With his newly enhanced resume and rank, von Steuben set sail. When he arrived at American shores, von Steuben made quite the impression. With money borrowed from Beaumarchais, a French diplomat, Steuben had purchased his Percherons and, unfamiliar with the color of the Continental uniforms, outfitted his entourage in dazzling scarlet jackets and black bicorns, sporting plumes and cockades. The horses and stylish retinue would serve as a sign of General Steuben's importance, and the entourage included his tall, lanky 17-year-old military secretary, Pierre-Étienne Duponceau, rumored to be Steuben's lover and the only member of the party who spoke English. Also traveling with the Baron were his personal chef, his African servants, and his chief aide-de-camp, the former French army, Louis de Pontier. Von Steuben and his entourage made their way to Valley Forge, where in February, George Washington warmly greeted the grandiose lieutenant general. And there and then, an amazing transformation took place. Von Steuben adored George Washington and fell in love with this bedraggled but devoted army and with the cause of liberty. The con man and Scott the con man and spy became a believer. The Baron von Steuben determined to train these half-naked troops into one of the finest fighting forces in the world. Establishing discipline would be Steuben's primary hurdle, a task for which he was well-suited. 
for perhaps the first time there was an experienced officer at hand who could instill a dedicated professionalism in the Continental Army. Neither Prussian nor American soldiers simply sprang from the earth fully formed, and Steuben's years developing the clockwork efficiency of an unremarkable group of German peasants and serfs had enabled him to provide the leadership the average American soldier required. The would-be drillmaster would take on the task of molding the raw material the colonies had provided to George Washington into effectives with a distinctly martial enthusiasm. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Day after day, von Steuben trade the troops beginning with such basic steps as standing in attention and marching in a column. Each morning and afternoon, in the fair weather and foul, the Prussian assembled his small troop on the vast parade ground in the center of camp. Circulating among the soldiers and barking instructions like a rabid drill sergeant, he preached the dual discipline of mind and body. Woe betide the soldier who was late to a training session or handled his weapon clumsily on what John Lawrence took to calling our Campus Martius. Steuben's face would turn crimson and contort into a mask, and his arms would flail as he hollered in his guttural French for his translator, Come over here and swear for me. This was invariably followed by a cataract of German and French curses and oaths interspersed with the occasional goddamn. The scene had the unintended effect of reducing the Americans to fits of laughter. Yet, as the historian Wayne Bodel notes, Steuben's training regiment was, quote, a difficult one, specialized, tedious, and in no way glamorous. Week after week this went on, and the discipline and training took hold. In early May, when it was learned that Franklin was successful and there was an alliance with France, a celebration was held at Valley Forge. The highlight was von Steuben putting the newly trained Continental Army on display. At just past nine on the morning of May 6, a booming cannon report summoned all troops to the parade ground in the center of camp. There, the treaties of alliance with France were read aloud before Steuben and his sub-inspectors marched the entire Continental Army, brigade by brigade, to the middle of the drilling fields. Steuben had spent the preceding days literally diagramming the movements of each brigade, regiment, company, and platoon. And now, their thousands of flintlocks polished to a gleam, the troops were arranged into two long parallel columns by the generals DeKalb, Lafayette, and Lord Sterling. Washington, astride his white Arabian and surrounded by mounted aides, watched from an arbor erected atop a small hillock as each of the three spectacular discharges from the 13 assembled field pieces was followed, at Steuben's signal, by a cascade of musket fire that roared sequentially down the forward battle line from right to left and then up the rear line from left to right. 
The rapid symphony of fire and smoke was accompanied by full-throated huzzas from nearly 10,000 men. The spirit of the commander-in-chief and his men soared. In late May, George Washington wrote to his friend, Robert Morris, I rejoice most sincerely with you on the glorious change in our prospects. Calmness and serenity seems likely to succeed in some measure those dark and tempestuous clouds which at times appeared ready to overwhelm us. The game, whether well or ill-played hitherto, seems now to be verging fast to a favorable issue, and cannot think be lost unless we throw it away by too much supineness on one hand and impetuosity on the other. God forbid that either of these should happen at a time when we seem to be upon the point of reaping the fruits of our toil and labor. Thus it was that General Washington and his troops felt new confidence and began their march on the British. They were fed, clothed, and trained like professional soldiers. They would meet the British Army under Sir Henry Clinton at Monmouth Courthouse, and as the dramatic climax of Valley Forge depicts, the American victory in this, the longest battle of the Revolution, turned the tide of the war and led to American independence. You've been listening to guest historian Tom Clavin. I'm your host, Giles Milton. Tune in to the Unknown History Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or at quickanddirtytips.com. Thanks for listening. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.